folks, and welcome to our first country edition of the Club Rugby Collective. Obviously, we've been talking all things Queensland Premier Rugby the last few weeks while we've been in COVID lockdown, but we thought it was time to touch base with our country cousins, so we're introducing the country edition of the podcast. And to kick things off, I thought I'd better get in touch with someone who's obviously got connections across the state and can give us a good steer as to how the country rugby community have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. So joining us tonight, we have the Healers head coach, Rob Johnson. Rob, how are we, mate? Hi, Sauce. How are you going? Thank you very much for uh, having me on tonight and uh, have a bit of a chat around country rugby. No worries, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Now, Rob, for those who aren't necessarily uh, across um, country rugby, mate, give us a little bit of insight into your um, playing and and coaching background, mate, in terms of... uh, your connection to uh, country rugby out in the Downs, mate, and then obviously through to to the Healers. Yeah, so we um, we my father was a, a great rugby supporter and, and player, um, so uh, we uh, grew up watching him play club football in Dolby and and Darling Downs rep football in um, Queensland country um, before we were born. But he had four or five years playing Queensland country Healers, so we have a long strong strong connection to Darling Downs rugby and, and Queensland rugby. Um, so I'm one of four boys and yeah, what, what choice from a farm in Dalby. So, uh, that's all we wanted to do, play rugby every weekend. Um, if we weren't playing it uh, on a Saturday, we were playing it in our backyard. So I had a, had a great childhood growing up playing rugby and then went to boarding school at Toomagrama and played rugby there and went to Gatton College and played rugby and yeah, Dalby then moved to Gundawindi and, um, towards the back end of my rugby playing, I sort of played out in Gundawindi for a few years, four or five years out there and. Uh, gave it away in my mid-30s, um, sort of had enough. I had a son playing junior rugby and I was president of the junior rugby out there, so that was pretty busy. But, um, yeah, got got asked to do a bit of coaching and uh, coached a bit of the A-grade team out in Gundawindi there for a couple of years and then moved into Toowoomba and wanted to keep going. So I um, coached the Dane Downs rep team in uh, from Toowoomba for, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven years and then um, was lucky enough to progress actually to South Queensland coach. Uh, we coached that for back when they used to still have Central, uh, North and South and then was lucky enough to be selected as the Queensland Country Healers coach and uh, sort of held that position for the last, yeah, four or five years. Now, mate, you mentioned how influential your dad was on uh, on your footy career, mate. Now, I, I've been lucky enough to, to meet your old man. He still comes in and gets involved with the Healers program um, every year, mate. Yeah, he does. Yeah, every um, or for the last four years that I've been coaching the Healers um, as as the main coach, I, I invited my father and and uh, to come in and have a talk to the players before we um, go away on our tours, or our, our trips. So um, it started just with him in the first year, and then um, it's progressed on to he brings some of his his mates and um, actually uh, my uncle. Two of my uncles come; they both played for the Healers as well. Uh, yeah, so he brings four or five of them come in, or like come in every year and and talk to the players. And I think the players get a lot out of that. They understand the history of what the healers is, and you know, and and what mateships it brings. Very true, mate. Very true. Now, mate, you've um you've mentioned that you played up until your sort of mid thirties, and um, have obviously continued on to coaching. Um, now, I reckon one thing that we see, mate, in in rugby within I suppose city environments is. I don't think guys necessarily hang around and play rugby anywhere near as long as what they would in um, in some of our smaller country competitions. 
Um, what do you reckon's different in terms of country rugby, mate, that keeps blokes involved for for so long within their clubs? Uh, the the mateship and friendship. Um, I remember, you know, there's so many stages in your rugby career. You know, when you when you're 20 years old and you you're playing to have fun and you know, let's get through the game so we can go out and have fun with our mates, you know, to to looking for your future wife and girlfriends and those sort of things too. You know, when you have young kids, um, that was some of the best times of my rugby career was when um, my kids could come along and, and play on the sideline with, with the other, you know, parents and kids and, and have a great time. It was an outing for us. We loved it, uh, especially when we moved to Gundawindi. Um, I think by the time I finished, um, my son – was playing under six, under seven. So, you know, he'd play in the mornings and I'd play in the afternoons. So I think that, that keeps a lot of people going. You know, they, they love it. Um, it's community. It's it's getting together. It's 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 healthy. It's great. Yeah. Well, I think Gundy in particular, mate, it's a very special place to uh, to play rugby, mate. It's certainly a rugby town out there. Oh, it's a long way from anywhere, Source. There's, <laughs> unless you're going away for a week's holiday, there's, uh, yeah, so you, you end up staying there and you have some great times. Um I was lucky enough I was within walking distance of the rugby field, so uh, it was easy to get home. <laughs> no, well, mate, that weekend out there, what was it, two years ago for mm-hmm. Queensland country and New South Wales country in Gundy, that was, uh, you know, while I was not uh, playing, that was definitely one of the funnest weekends I've had, mate, um, in terms of getting around uh, some bush footy in the last few years. That was an awesome one. Yeah, it was a, it was a big weekend. We'd, we'd uh, been in New Zealand for a rugby tour and we'd played a couple of really heavy games in New Zealand, uh, one on the Saturday and one on the Wednesday in, in heavy mud and then flew back and had to bust it all the way out to gun the windy. But, but it was worth it. Uh, I knew it would be really tough on the players, and but just to get out into those country regions and, and you know, the drought was kicking in then and it was it was tough. So, um, But we went out there and uh, played New South Wales country and, yeah, we beat them. I don't remember. It wasn't just. It was a tough game and, and we were pretty – Pretty injured by the end of it. I think it was like twenty two, twenty one, or something like that. It went right down to the wire. Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, I remember it was it was one of the better games we've been involved in. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome. And obviously the Gundy crowd all got around it. So there's a big crew there, and uh, then the the hotel afterwards. I think um, it went on for quite a while there, didn't it? Yes, it was a good night out in Victoria. It's got to be one of the only pubs I know, mate, where like the local rugby clubs got their own clubhouse room in the pub. It, it's very special, and um, yeah, it is with all the all the pictures hanging up on the wall. And you know, I guess on the downs, it was a bit like Mary Barry's um, yeah. before. Unfortunately, it burnt down. You know, it had all the, the history on the walls. So um, you know, there's, there's it's great. I guess country. You know, I've been to Townsville. There's places in uh, in Townsville that are the same. So it's country rugby. That's what they do. No, mate. I was very fortunate to get to see Mary Barry's before uh, before that happened. So I actually mm. played my first game of senior rugby in a trial against Dolby. Um, the University of Sunshine Coast. So in a preseason game, we drove out there and played, and we're at Mary Berry's afterwards. So, I, I was going to say, I bet you you probably don't remember the game, Source, but I bet you remember the night out. Well, no, I do remember the game because I uh, I was just out of cold, super excited to be playing grades rugby, and then uh, they were down a lock in the cold, so I had to play that game and then play in the grades afterwards. So, good times. Yes. But anyway, uh, mate, obviously the Darling Downs, um, you know, while we've got country competitions around the state, it's definitely one of the uh, the biggest. And obviously it was the birthplace of Queensland country rugby, all starting out in Warwick in the 60s. 
Um, <laughs> how have you, and you've obviously um, lived your whole life out there, mate, and worked out there. What sort of impacts have you seen from the, the COVID-19 pandemic, mate, across the Downs? Yeah, it's been it's been tough. I mean, you know, um, I, I wear two hats here as a, as a coach and, and so I've got, you know, players that I talk to and everything, but also sit on the board of Downs rugby. So, you know, as a, as a coach and, and friend to a lot of people in the rugby community, um, it's been tough. You know, the socialising in the country areas uh, hasn't been happening and, and with that, you know, comes a whole, heast of, whole heap of issues that we want to keep an eye on. So... So Downs Rugby and, and rugby, I've got to say rugby people in general have been extremely proactive about, you know, keeping in contact with people and, um, you know, touching base, making sure everyone's going okay. Um, the phone calls have been going around and I see some banter across Facebook and the new little challenge that's going on, you know, things like that has been really important. I think without rugby, um, you know, this this lockdown would have been a lot worse. Uh, just small things that, you know, even getting to training, I mean, physically, mentally, um, you know, young men want to be able to do that. And women, you know, women's rugby is, is just going off on the downs at the moment. So it's really tough. So hopefully we get back to playing. Now, from put my other hat on with the board, as a board member of Downs Rugby, um, it's been extremely trying for us to keep um, moving forward in these tough times. You know, we've, we've certainly been inundated with uh, meetings and, and planning and, um, you know, with no absolute guidelines to what's happening yet, it's, um, it's up in the air. But we're pretty excited that hopefully we'll get back to rugby this, this year and this season and, and we've got some good plans in place to, um, to finish it off really well. Mate, you mentioned the, uh, the mental health aspect there, mate, for, for players. Obviously, the physical element in terms of training and all that sort of stuff is massive, but I suppose for, for folks in the bush, um, you know, whether you're working on a station or, you know, you're stuck um, working in town or something like that, I suppose that social element of rugby is such a massive thing out there. How important is it for everyone to stay connected via social media or whether it's a phone call, et cetera, um, during this period? Yeah, well, it, it, it's how you get bonds. I mean, you get bonds through through things like rugby, you know. I mean, it's not just rugby. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other sports, but, I mean, certainly the one we're involved in I think is pretty special in in maintaining, you know, the, the physical and mental health of, of a young adult. Um, you know, the phone calls, the texts, the emails, I, I mean, I see them. I see a lot of them, and, and everyone's keeping a good eye on everyone. Um, you know, we've, we've just come through a pretty rotten drought in the country and it's been bloody tough for two, three, you know, some places four years. Um, and, and, and to come through that, um, which we did, we came through it really well. We, we worked hard and, and everyone, um, you know, we kept our competition running really well as, as best we can. And to get this um, situation now, uh, it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. But um, I think we're working really hard on, on keeping everyone, you know, healthy and happy and as best we can. Um, and, mate, you touched on the, the drought there, mate, obviously, um, with that Reds to Regions tour last year. I know I was lucky enough to head out um, west of the Downs and with Hamish Stewart and Harry Hooper, obviously two Downs, Downs products, um, Hoops being from Dolby and, and Hamish Halen from Pittsburgh. Um, I know both lads have been out on the farm in the last couple of weeks. Um, Hamish in particular, I think he's a better farmer than what, uh, what Hoops will ever be. <laughs> um, but, you know, we saw 
how dry things were out in Roma. We came through Dolby, saw how dry things were, and obviously we were being billeted out to families who were telling us just how dire things are. And it seemed there, like when we went out for the actual Reds trial game out in Dolby, that you know we had a massive amount of rain that week, um, and it just seemed yeah like that was sort of the the break that you guys were waiting for, and it definitely sort of helped. Um, you know, race spirits around town, and then the actual night of that Reds game was awesome out there. Oh, I think what um, what Brad and his team and, and the the board or management of Queensland Rugby did with their with their tour around with their players and country areas, and and I know Saucy had a huge job with the media, but if if you hadn't had such good media and publicity of what you were doing, it wouldn't have meant as much. But I know that you know I'm not a huge Facebook or, or end up to date with media at the moment, but I just watched every day because I wanted to see what the what the boys were doing out there in the country. Yeah, I think it was it's experience like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, and that and that's that's really important, isn't it? Um, I see a bit of what Brad's doing with the Reds team, and I think that you know a bit of what we do with Queensland country, you know, bringing my father in, talk about traditions and history, and who are we actually playing for. I see some of that in the Reds now, which maybe has been missing in the past, but. Um, no, it was excellent. It was, they did a great job and um, I got caught up with a few of the boys here in Toowoomba and uh, they're lovely, lovely young men and, and really cared about what they were doing. No, mate, well, I think definitely it, uh, it was a, definitely a positive experience for them all and I know it definitely probably made those trial games up in Gladstone and especially out in Dolby just those little bit, that little bit more special than you, what they were bringing to the public. Um, before actually just rocking up in town, you know, they had a bit of a precursor to understand um, just how much that sort of stuff out there means for for the local rugby community. Um, mate, obviously, while the Downs is, is a massive part of um, country rugby and the Healers program, we've got competitions all around the state, whether they be in CQ or Townsville in particular, is obviously extremely strong competition where we've had um, a lot of Healers in in recent years um, come out of there, namely uh, Teachers West. Um, I think they've won five Townsville tournaments straight. Um, mate, how have you seen the the pandemic have impacts in, in the further reaches of uh, in country rugby? Yeah, look, across most regions, it, it's had the same impact. It's a, it's a socialising impact. It's a catching up with people. It's a, you know, um, I'm not talking about, going to the pub and, and having a huge night. I'm just talking about catching up with people away from whether it's your farm or your day-to-day job. Um, you know, we across all these regions, we have plenty of people that aren't farmers that play in these comps. And just getting down to the rugby club on a Saturday to watch, you know, your boys run around, uh, I think is a huge thing. So um, I've had a fair bit of contact um, on, with the other subunions. They're all working really hard to, to make this when we come back, a real positive. So at this stage, um, you know, everyone's hanging in there and, and all excited about getting back into it at the moment, Source. No, that's definitely um, exciting times ahead, mate, with hopefully a, a return to, to play in, in around July, um, fingers crossed. Um, mate, but in terms of some of the, the players themselves, um, mate, obviously you've got a pretty consistent cohort of boys that have pulled on the Healers jersey for sort of the last... Um, four or five years and fast spread as well with blokes from, uh, you know, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Downs, as we've mentioned, further north around Townsville, a few fellas from FNQ. Um, 
mate, on, on an individual note for some of the players, mate, how have you sort of seen um, those guys sort of handle the scenario and and how they've been uh, impacted personally? Yeah, um, talked to a few of them on the phone and, and certainly on social media, but the yeah, same thing. I mean, you know, some of them, some of them are actually enjoying a little break too. You know, it, it's it's been good for the body and the mind at times just to have a little bit of a break like we have, but um, you know, not not the the four or five months we thought um, that that has happened. So, so keeping keeping in contact with them, um, their clubs are doing great jobs uh, keeping contact. But yeah, you know, um, talking to a couple of boys up in Townsville last week and. Uh, yeah, they're uh, they're ready to get back. They're um, disappointed that the uh, the rep season's not going to go ahead in country rugby, but want to get back to their club football as quick as they can. Yeah, mate, you mentioned uh, there with the rep season. Obviously, Queensland Country Board made the decision pretty early on that um, you know you guys wouldn't be working towards a rep program this year, with the focus being on getting club rugby back up and running and making sure that our country clubs have um, got the chance to to be financially viable as we move forward. Um, mate, if you're looking forward to, to 2021, um, what do you reckon the focus needs to be for, for the Healers program as um, you look to the future? Yeah, I, I think I think a, a set program nice and early is really important for our Healers program. Um, you know, to be fair, we've jumped around a little bit in the last few years and about when we play and who we're playing and, and no fault of ours, Um it, we've struggled to find teams to play us. Uh, some of the New Zealand teams are unable to travel to Australia uh, financially, so we've been going over there every few years. Um, you know, last year we went down to South Australia and played um, a comp down there. We played a couple of games. Uh, New South Wales country is, is, is always our main game, um, and our, our seasons have been clashing a little bit. Uh, we've been wanting to play early. They want to play late. So, so I think... I think getting a plan in place nice and early. Um, I've got to say there'd be a lot of people listening that have probably never seen a Queensland Country Healers game. And, and um, it's, it's our pinnacle, you know. It's, it's our Queensland Reds, our Wallabies in the country. Um, that, that's as good as we get. And, and I've got to say it's really exciting rugby. Um, it's, you know, because we only get them for 10 days a year. Uh, these people all have jobs. These players have jobs. They give up their jobs. They actually pay to go on these tours. So um, so it's really pure rugby. Um, they're not overcoached. They, they think for themselves. They, they, they play what's in front of them. And, and if anyone ever gets a chance to have a look at that level of rugby, I think they'd be surprised because it's, um, it's really exciting. Um, it's really exciting. So, you know, I'm adamant that the Healers program is, is a very important program for rugby in Queensland. Um, and I think... We need to get a plan, a nice early plan, lock it in, and the players will always play uh, for the heels. No, very true, mate. And um, you mentioned that you only get them for, for a short period there, and you know I've seen it firsthand where we start getting Utes rock up at Ballymore uh, with a Friday morning before a Friday afternoon session, and then you're flying out to New Zealand the next day. Um, how much of a challenge is it from a coaching perspective, mate, when you get guys together and you maybe get two, three training sessions in before you pull in on the jerseys. Mm, yeah, it's it's the, it's the most fun coaching you can do. It's um, it's a lot of pre-planning. So, um, you know, and, and sometimes we only get to pick the team two weeks before we get together. So uh, it's not as if we can, you know, pre-plan who's going to be in the team either. But we've been lucky the last three or four years. We've had a really good core group that have stuck with us. Um, myself and, and Stu Beaky uh, have done this job for four years now and, 
Um, we spend all season talking to people, seeing games. It's a, it's a huge job talking to other coaches. Um, that's one of the things that, that Stewie and I pride ourselves on, that we talk to the other coaches in the regions and find out what makes their players tick and what they do. So, so yeah, we turn up. Um, to be honest, look, it's not a whole heap of uh, um, technical coaching. Um, we don't sit there and we don't have time to teach them how to, to tackle and pass and and those sort of things. But we spend a lot of time bringing them together as a group. Um, you know, we, we play three games in seven or eight days. Uh, we can't train a whole heap. We do train a bit, but um, we bring them together. We bring, you know, country people from, as you said, Cairns, Townsville, Central Queensland, you know, players that have never met each other before, hardly even played against each other. Uh, we bring them together in a week and, and make a pretty strong unit out of them. So um, it's it's very exciting and, and, you know, gives me goosebumps every time we get ready to go into camp and, and we see them rocking up and introducing themselves to each other and who are you and, oh, I remember you played against you. And then by the end of the week, yeah, very, very close bonds. Now, mate, the Healers program's given rise to um, a number of Queensland Premier Rugby players, um, some of who have gone on to, to bigger and better things over the last few years, mate. Who who are some of the blokes that uh, that have probably transitioned through the Premier Rugby, mate, that uh, folks might not necessarily, um, you know, sort of know their origin stories? Um, yeah, we've had a few in the last few years that have, that have gone on to, to do extremely well in, in Brisbane and... and um, we've found the best of our players can can play prem rugby in Brisbane. Um, you know they need to get down for an early season training and 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 work through some of the the fitness requirements. But skill wise, they're they're stacking up. You know Johnny Vincent did it a couple of years ago. He was only a young player. Um, came through our system, came through the Townsville system, then down to the Dying Downs. Um, yeah, did did a great job. Um, so. I was, yeah, yeah. With the, uh, I think his father Ted was the coach up there for the for a while, and his his other brother John plays um, Tom plays Queensland country as well. So great family that one. So yeah, yeah. Source, we've had quite a few um, players, you know, in the last few years that have that have done well out of our competition. Mm. Well, I mean, I think a few off the top of my head would be obviously mm. we have got Shane Kennedy and Rick Portingale at Easts. Um, who's sort of been between prem grade and reserve grade um, over the last two years. Um, Shano coming down from Burdekin and then Porter, Portingale, he's from Maroochee Swans. We've had Wilson and Knocker, who's a former Noosa Dolphin. He played for Norths. Um, and then obviously we've got Matty Jekyll at Jeeps, who um, Mulaney Bushrangers through and through. I think he'd happily pack in prem rugby and just go back to Mulaney. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he was he was a great. Um, I mean, you, you said some magnificent names there that bring back memories. Um, and Big Wilson uh, won a game for us one day when we we had no props left, and he was the only man, and he already played seventy minutes. So, so yeah, no, look, there's a lot of people there, and, and Matty and Shane Kennedy was a was a stalwart for us. Um, you know, for for a lot of lot of years. Um, the big beef train from uh, from Townsville's now down in Brisbane. Yeah, so. Thank you, and uh, he's he's loving the life, and uh, again, uh, just a great bloke to bring into a rugby community like that. Yeah, I know he's definitely been popular over at UQ, mate. <laughs> uh, you're uh, you're not a yeah. If you if you don't like beef and get on well with him, uh, there's something going on with you because he's um he's just a lovely guy, and, and can play football too. You know, he's a, he's a brilliant prop. Definitely, mate. Definitely. 
Um, mate, in terms of, um, I suppose, as we mentioned, sort of country rugby, how it sort of differs to um, rugby in the city uh, somewhat already. In terms of a return to play, what do you reckon that will mean for some of these smaller communities um, just from like a community engagement and some positive stuff going on around town? Yeah, it'll mean a lot. Uh, it'll mean a lot. Um, just just getting everyone together again. You know, I mean, the first the first milestone is just even getting to be able to get to training um, for the players themselves. You know, once once we get into training and um, they can get back in together, they can get back in the swing of it. But then, then coming to Saturdays and, you know, with our fingers crossed and we get to the stage where certainly crowds can turn up again, um, I think it would be a huge thing. There'd be... There'd be um, Parents and, and grandparents and, and friends of rugby that have, that have been to every game in the country in the last 20 years wouldn't have missed a game. doesn't matter if it's pouring with rain. Um, yeah, they'd be feeling it. Um, they want to get back into it. So um, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, I was talking to uh, Benny Gardner, president of St George Rugby Club, only yesterday, and, and Benny said they're just they're itching out there. They've got something like 35 women, you know, ready to ready to play and, and yeah. their B-grade big teams looking outstanding. So so they're just ready to go. You know, they, they've they been kicking some goals. Um, rugby on the Downs is going going really well at the moment. Um, we've got some areas we need to work on. Uh, our teenage comp's not brilliant, but but our senior comp, men and women, has been running extremely well and, and things are going, going great. And um, I think one thing we should touch on in terms of um – I suppose some key differences for country rugby is some of the sacrifices some of the boys make just to, to go to training. Um, for some of these guys, they might work on properties that are three, four hours away and they'll do that round trip to train. And, you know, I know a good example even for guys chasing higher honours is when we had Jack Cook and um, Will Gilbert travelling mm. in from Gundawindi to train with Queensland Country NRC a couple of years ago. So, you know, for these blokes... Um, they're definitely willing to go the extra mile to get a game of footy in. Uh, definitely, and, and don't complain about it either. They just do it. I mean, Sonny Power, great Queensland country second rower, still yeah. still playing A-grade in Condamine. Uh, I think he travels 180 k's or 170 k's one way to training in Condamine. Um, you know, and then if if he has to play in Gatton that weekend, there's another 300-something k's on top of that just to get to the game. Um but, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. The St. George boys, um, you know, they travel a long way. Well, even um, St. George and Kunamala play a, um, a trial match at the start of the year now. And, you know, there's this huge country out there to be travelling. But, but they get a great great crowd and a great, great team. So, no, they certainly enjoy it. Um, it's tough. Absolutely, it's tough. Um, you know, and, and talking about St. George before, they, they, they've uh, been sponsored a, a, a bus to... Um, to drive them around in now so they can start taking some of that pressure off some of their players and, and that's working extremely well. Um, you know, Roma, um, they, they jump on a bus quite often as well and spend the weekend away, but a lot of cost, but um, they do it because they love it. They really do. Well, mate, you mentioned St. George and Roma, mate. There are obviously some great rugby stories. Um, the Frillnecks were just about dead in the water three, four years ago and then they won the B grade comp last year and then Roma um, sort of came from nowhere to play finals footy last year. Mm. Yeah, it's it's um, both. I mean, it's fair to say our country clubs and and not a, you know, a lot of what happens in in country rugby happens off the field. It's it's the boards, it's the people that work behind the scenes, 
you know, when you get that right, players just want to play and be involved. Um, you know, Roma and St George have now got great people in, in their positions to to run their clubs, um, you know, and, and with that comes players. Uh, you know, Roma did extremely well uh, last year. St George won their first premiership, um, you know, had a, had a had a huge day. It was just outstanding. So, you know, same with Gundawindi, Chinchilla. They're, they're a newish club um, uh, doing extremely well. Um, so certainly, you know, Warwick, um, they, they fight the tough fight out there. Certainly uh, rugby league is very strong in Warwick, but, but the Water Rats fight it really hard and they do extremely well. So, um, yeah, very proud of how our country clubs um, stick with it. Well, you like this, mate. Um, my best mate from, from uni days, we played at USC together, Jackson Frawley. He's, uh, he's got ties out Gundy way, but anyway, he's, he's moved out to Warwick on a coaching post and I got home from work tonight and had a parcel at the front door. And I've got a Warwick supporters cap. <laughs> so that's great, isn't it? Yeah, that, no, that's no excellent. Doubt you'll want me to wear that in some sort of uh, Premier Rugby video in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm waiting to see that one. Yes, you better post that one. Well, I'm forming a collection now, mate. I've got Dolby, I've got Gundy, I've got a Roma Echidna's bucket hat, which I wore on the weekend. Excellent. Uh, and now Warwick, I'm just doing the rounds on the downs. Mm. So. Need to get one from my actual first club at USQ. Don't know if they've got any merchandise. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll set you up. I'll get Gary onto that one. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Um, so, mate, to wrap up um, our our chat, what we usually do at the Prem Rugby guys is we do a thing called the Fast Five, where we ask them some questions about some blokes within their club. So, I've uh, I've adapted these a bit um, to be a little bit more broader um, for yourself, but we'll kick things off, mate. Um, you mentioned, mate, just how special it is to see the guys come together for the Healers program, I suppose, off the field and, and get to know each other really quick. Who would you say is the best clubman or I suppose the team man within the Healers to, to bring in that group together in such a short amount of time? Yeah, yeah, interesting question. Um, I think I'll go off the field for this and, and talk about our manager, Dan Bowdler, um, who a lot of you in, in Prem Rugby would know. Uh, Dan Dan puts time aside every year to manage the the healers and absolutely loves it. Uh, he is the keeper of everything history, everything to do with the healers, um, and he's our heart and soul. Uh, nothing gets past Dan. Uh, in the four years I've doing been coaching, we've never had one issue off the field because people respect Dan and and what he brings to our the management of our of our team. So I, I think I'd have to go to Dan. I mean, he's just he's just an amazing person. Well, I should mention that I'm wearing a Healers T-shirt at the moment, mate, recording this pod that uh, Dan set aside for me a couple of years ago. So, yeah, special guy. Very. <laughs> um, mate, in terms of uh, the players themselves, as we mentioned, there's been a lot of um, fellas that you've worked with over the last few years. Who do you reckon would be the most underrated country player, mate, that you've come across? Underrated? um yeah, very interesting. Uh, oh, oh, look, we got a there's a there's a young boy up in Townsville called Josh Fletcher. He um, captained our team this year. He's only he's only he's not very old at all. He's been with us probably three years now, five eight. Um, he's got he's got amazing skills, um, you know, and tough. Not big, but tough and strong, and, and runs a great team. So so yeah, look, very tough question to answer, but I would certainly would love to. Um, yeah, I mentioned Josh Fletcher. I think I think he's. He's an extremely underrated player who who could make it at a higher level if he chose to. 
Well, mate, uh, I know Shane Kennedy's been trying to uh, get him down to uh, East for the last couple of years. So uh, there you go. Fingers yep. crossed. Be a great addition to the Tigers. Um, on that, mate, in terms of choosing to go to to a higher honour, obviously, you know, some blokes are naturally talented, but aren't necessarily interested in training or putting in the effort to uh, to go that extra mile, mate. <laughs> Who do you reckon would be? one of the worst trainers, mate, you've come across? Oh, look, it's not – you don't even have to think about this. Um, and it's unfair that I put his name in this category because he's probably, in my time of coaching, the greatest healer we've had in our team as well. But Jimmy Turvey from the uh, Sunshine Coast, our, our big Kiwi prop, um, just just hates a training session but brings it every time you play. Every time he goes, he walked past a healer jersey, he's um, – He's man of the match or, or very close to it. Um, so, so yeah, Big Jimmy is, is, is the heart and soul of our team, that's for sure. But um, we certainly won't be getting him doing hill sprints uh, during training. Yeah, that's a fair shout, mate. A uh, little anecdote for you, mate. Um, back when we still had the Stingrays in Premier Rugby, um, I was just playing like club footy up on the sunny coast and got called into – Stingrays at the back end of the 2008 season, and Turvey was a bit the same where he got pulled out of Maroochydore. Um, and anyway, we were playing a game at Brothers, um, like on the backfield there. And I, Turvey started at tight air prop, and I got told to come off the bench at lock because of an injury. And we went to pack the first scrum, and I've sort of stood behind Turvey. And then he's going, No, 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 he goes, You've been on the bench, mate. It's my. T- it's- I need a rest. You're, you're packing prop, <laughs> and just chucked me up there. On on he went. He went back and was not interested in packing any more scrums for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's him. Turvy to a T. Yeah, that's him. Mm. <laughs> oh. Well, mate, um, we've mentioned a few blokes, mate, that have uh, gone on from from country rugby or have country origins who who play premier rugby. Um, there's plenty of fellas, obviously, who are, who are country lads who come out of um, boarding school and into one of the uni teams or something like that here in, in Prem Rugby. Um, if you could recruit someone with uh, with country ties out of Prem Rugby back to your healers program, mate, who would that be? Unfortunately, I only, only had one year with this bloke, um, Matty Dickow. He, um, he came came to us uh, with – he came actually as a centre, Um we, he, was, he was rated as a centre and, and we sort of thought, well, we think he's a breakaway and, he, and in hindsight he had played a bit of breakaway. But um, not, not only for what he could do on the field, um, he was just a great person to have off the field. He was fun. Um, he was very, um, you know, infectious around the team and, and we, we're so proud that he, he certainly um, went on and, and played better and higher level of rugby than, than the healers. But... Um, if I had a choice, uh, I'd get Matty back in the second. We'd um, I caught up with him at Ballymore at a Champ Games uh, last year, and uh, it was great to see him. And I'd love to have him back. That's a good call, mate. 2018 player of the grand final um, here in Prem Rugby when Jeeps won. Then obviously he uh, he's yeah. gone on to play NRC, and um, he actually spent preseason down at the Rebels uh, heading into yeah. the this year and played in there trial games, but um, I think, as I said earlier, he'd quite happily just bugger that all off and go back to Mulaney. They're, they're a special breed up on the mountain. Go back to inside, turn up to Mulaney. 
<laughs> mate, those blokes play uh, wherever they just need to on the weekend, mate. So <laughs> That's I, right. Yeah. I live with one of Maddie's mates uh, here in Brisbane who would go home to play for Mulaney every weekend. He'd play hooker one weekend, break away the next, play halfback. So wherever they're needed. <laughs> um, now, mate, you've already mentioned Dan Bowler, who's an absolute legend. Um, but, mate, in terms of people behind the scenes at Country Rugby, who do you reckon, mate, um, is the best person just obviously off-field, whether it's organising matches or tournaments away or if it's someone like in Dan's position, mate, just sorting out logistics and things like that? Yeah, look, uh, I'd like to mention uh, Jeff Maycomb. Um Now, Jeff hasn't been involved with Queensland Country Rugby while I've been coaching, but certainly before my time, um, Jeff was Mr. Country Rugby. You know, he was he was an amazing man. He was involved in everything. Um, he was on the board of, of Queensland Country Rugby. Um, so, so I think he, he instilled uh, a certain pride in in all country players to be involved in in um, in country rugby. So, uh, he's an amazing man, Jeff. Um, just the nicest man you'll ever meet, but um, what he's done for country rugby has been, been unbelievable. So uh, I think it's, it's yeah, I'd love to mention Jeff Maycomb in that position. No, mate, very fair call. Very fair call. Well, Rob, mate, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Club Rugby Collective podcast, mate. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you and I have worked together for sort of uh, your uh coaching career since you reached the, the rep level mate and um when we wanted to kick off a, a country version of the podcast mate there's uh there's no one better to kick things off than you mate so the big thanks for for all you've done for country rugby over obviously a long period mate and um hopefully we'll we'll catch you out on the downs mate uh at some games before the end of the year yeah no thanks for having me sauce it's it's been excellent and we we really appreciate it and we just like to say to anyone listening, though, if um, if rugby gets up and going again and, and you want to come and have a good weekend out in the country and, and some supports, uh, some small areas, certainly do that and, and come and watch a game of rugby. And I think you'd be surprised that um, it's great, great fashion, great brand of football that uh, that we're playing in the country. No, definitely, mate. Good shout. Weekend in Dolby or Gundy or out in Rome, it doesn't go astray. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, thanks again, Rob, mate, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Mike.